Welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of the Bold Take Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, I'm Austin Waiter. You already know this man next to me, Austin Hill. And yeah, we're pretty thankful. You see what I did there? Yeah. Thankful for you to listen to our episode here. But before that, go listen to a college football episode. It is Austin, our favorite week of the year, probably in college football rivalry week, probably the best year of the regular season. And some great rivalry games, they always mean more. We obviously have the game and a lot of some underrated rivalry matchups that are going to affect it in a year where we're just, we're trying to find chaos the best we can. Absolutely. But go give that episode a listen. But for now, NFL episode. And as always, the biggest winners, the biggest losers from an interesting uh, to say the least, interesting week in the NFL. So, Mr. Austin, we're going to mix it up. Who is your biggest loser from this past week in the NFL? I have a feeling there might be a trend to our biggest losers of the week. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong. Um, see if you can catch my trend by the team that I pick. I think I know what you're going. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears here. Um, you know, you, you could maybe argue that this isn't a loss because they probably shouldn't have been in this game. But Justin Fields comes back, plays a phenomenal performance yeah. uh, in his return for the Bears. They're up, and they blow 12 points in three minutes, I think. Uh, just not the way you want to finish the game. Uh, and the, the really icing on the cake uh, is that they didn't fire Luke Getze or uh, Mike Eberflus after this game. They're still actively coaches on this team, uh, which makes this uh, an even bigger loss for me. Uh, you're talking about not using timeouts when we need to, uh, using timeouts when we shouldn't be using timeouts, um, bad play calling on defense at the end of the game, uh, bad play calling on offense at the end of the game. I mean, took Justin Fields completely out of the game, just had him handing off, handing off, handing off to close out the game. Uh, Tyler Scott dropping wide open passes two or three times in that game. Uh, just, just a lot of stuff that shouldn't happen. The Bears should have won this game, and they didn't, and so I'm disappointed. Yeah, um, I would go with a certain team that's black and gold, but I don't want to talk about that game as that's little fair. as I can. I'll just say it, obviously, losing to a fifth-round rookie quarterback. Um, yeah, that's the very stealer way to lose. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and I think I said that on here last week where I said, this is the type of games the Steelers find a way to lose. And look look what happens. Um, but I'll go a different way. My biggest loser, that's the Washington Commanders. Um, you lost and gave up 246 passing yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions to Tommy DeVito. Maybe Danny DeVito's long lost son. I don't know. Illinois legend. Tommy yeah. DeVito. Illinois legend Tommy DeVito. But you let that man who was literally destroyed by the Cowboys the week before um, come in to Washington and really dominate you guys in a game where you needed to keep yourself in the playoff race. Um, I don't know why Ron Rivera is still employed as the head coach after that. Yeah. If I'm the ownership, that's the nail in the coffin for me for us to restart. I'm firing. Um, so he was very obviously a biggest loser. Obviously there are other teams that we're going to mention here in a little bit that are biggest losers as well. But how about some biggest winners, Austin? We're going in reverse order. There are some big winners this weekend. If I do say so myself, what you got here? Buffalo Bills. Uh, this was a good bounce back. Yeah, they the needed Bills. this. Um, they really found themselves in. Again, we talk about, you know, they're getting into a gauntlet. I think they have a bye week coming up, right? And then yeah. they start that gauntlet. I think they play the Eagles, then they have the bye week. So, yeah, they, this is, you know, setting into that tough part of the schedule. But you get a win against the Jets 
really wake yourselves up. And now you face an Eagles team that was tested against the Chiefs this past weekend, but got the job done. Uh, a team definitely in consideration for Team of the Week as well. Yep, definitely. Uh, team, biggest winner. Um, couple of good options here. Couple of good options. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Denver Broncos, though. Uh, this was a game uh, I watched, and I felt like Minnesota should have won handedly. Um, Minnesota was in control. They were holding Denver to field goals. Um, but Russell Wilson, them, they just, they found a way at the end of the game. They didn't cover the spread though, by not getting that two point conversion. So Russell Wilson, you owe me five, uh, five bucks for not covering the spread. Um, chiefs receivers, you owe me 10 bucks. Cause I did a bigger money line. Cause I felt confident on that one. Um, you owe me 10 bucks, especially you Marquez Valdez Scantling for that drop. Uh, could have changed the whole thing. Yeah. Could have changed the whole thing. Um, and you know, the whole thing of Patrick Mahomes saying I should have thrown it a little bit shorter was a perfect throw. It's wide open. Wide open. You know, and you know, I said this on Twitter, you know, if uh, I was getting paid millions of dollars to, you know, I don't know, catch the football, you know, you know, the thing I would do, um, I, I would catch the football. Uh, <laughs> I know it's a lot easier said than done, but but like when you're that open, if you can't catch that ball, you've got to be off the field, especially with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Like that's a gimme. He's going to launch the ball deep at some point. You got to know when that's coming. Yeah, it's not like it came out wobbly, and it's not like it's like someone like the Steelers' offense where it's like, holy crap, they're throwing the ball more than ten yards down the field. Yeah, this is Patrick Mahomes where he throws over ten yards down the field. I think about every two to three plays. So. Uh, yeah, that's what I would say to that. But let's now get into the biggest news of the week. And number one, the big news from Thursday night, Joe Burrow, torn ligament in his wrist, officially out the remainder of the season. Uh, Austin, I don't know how else to say this. This is brutal. This is this is absolutely brutal for the Bengals. Yeah, um, this is tough. It, it makes me wonder. Um, obviously, the NFL is – investigating the injury situation. Right, I don't know if right. that was ever uh, – there's an answer to that because he wasn't listed on the injury report, but he came into the stadium wearing that uh, right, yeah, like that brace on his hand. I heard it was something to prevent swelling in his hand on the airplane ride. I heard that was like the excuse they came up with. But I don't know if that's true or not. So. Interesting. But clearly something was going on that wasn't mentioned. I guess maybe he had had some hand issues, but – I don't know. Uh, it, it seems like maybe uh, there's something that we're not being told about. But regardless, it is a shame. Uh, I don't know what Cincinnati does. Um, certainly, you could try to get the best draft pick possible, but you still got a lot of guys who want to go out there and compete. Um, but after what I saw from Jake Browning in that game, I don't know if he's the guy that I'd keep going with. The quarterback. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny, you know, you literally, we talked about Washington last week and you mentioned Jake Browning I did. last week. Now he's expected to be the full-time starter for the Bengals. I haven't heard them sign anybody else to their roster. Uh, they're getting ready to play the Steelers this they weekend. They do have AJ McCarron on the team. Uh, he, after his battle right. talk, uh, right. uh abysmal season in the XFL where I was disappointed that he was the battle Hawks quarterback. Yeah. Uh, he signed on to be uh, a member of Cincinnati again, where he spent a lot yep. of his career. And honestly should have beaten the Steelers in a wild card playoff game. If it wasn't for Vontez Burfitt, I'm being honest for that. Yeah. Thank you for that playoff win Vontez. Uh, but yeah, this, this absolutely hurts for the Bengals and there, it's not like they could just go in and tank. There are five and five team. They're a team that some people think can still be a playoff contender 
especially in this AFC where we don't know what the heck's going to happen yeah, um, week tight. in and week out. Yeah. Uh, anybody's got a chance. Um, yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know how much of a chance you stand without Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, but certainly nobody uh, in that Cincinnati locker room wants to give up. So you got to start finding some answers and maybe lean on Joe Mixon a little more. Yeah. Uh, the other big news from this game, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson's number one weapon, arguably the num- one of the top two tight ends in the NFL, maybe, uh, had a, uh, I think it was an ankle or foot injury he had in the game that they are pretty confident this season. And he could possibly return late in the postseason, but I mean, uh, what a, let's face it. Uh, he's pretty much, if he does come back, he wouldn't be a hundred percent. He's just coming off an injury. Uh, and this is, I think, hurting going to hurt the Ravens more than people realize. He's Lamar's number one target, so not having him could hurt that offense. Yeah, uh, Isaiah likely's got some big shoes to fill. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the Ravens maybe consider. Uh, some interesting tight end names that float around in the free agency. A uh, couple interesting guys that are considered retired, but, um, you know, could you see Gronk come play for the Ravens? No, I mean, what? I don't know how much traction that would get. I'm, I'm certainly sure that he's not coming back. Um, but, you know, you talk about a guy like Jimmy Graham, who's floating around out there. Right um, Jermichael Finley? Jermichael Finley. Hey, let's just name some random tight ends, um, and maybe they'll come back and play for the Ravens. Um, Crockett Gilmore. Greg Olson. <laughs> uh, hey, he's in the booth. Get Mar- him back Martellus Bennett. Martellus uh, Bennett, uh, uh, Bears legend. Um, Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, he I plays th- for the Bears. Uh, he does. Yes. Okay. I knew. I thought he. I knew he had played with the Packers recently. I didn't know if he was still in the NFL. Yep. He um, just left for the Bears with Robert Tunyon. You know, here's one that would be interesting, but he had his career short due to concussion. C.J. Fedorowicz from the Texans. There's your one. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of more tight ends off the top. I think of my I'm head. out. Of, I think I, I'm out. Heath Miller, question mark, Jason Witten. <laughs> Get him out of the booth. Um, but yeah, there's some tight end options to go, but I think Isaiah likely is a good one. That's why they Absolutely. drafted him to be a great backup. And I mean, we saw him when he was at Coastal Carolina. He was a great weapon that Grayson McCall had. And, you know, hopefully they can have these other weapons step up. Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., another guy step up on that offense. To be fair, Odell Beckham Jr. is starting to get into yes. stride for uh, Baltimore. So, you know, Isaiah likely steps up and maybe is going to ease some of that pressure, but it looks like OBJ is finally getting on the right track, um, which could be a massive help for uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he absolutely could be a big help. Uh, our next big topic here, the big news out of New York, the Jets benching Zach Wilson after, um, let's just face it, a rough performance to say the least against the Buffalo Bills and we'll be replacing him with Tim Boyle. And not only that, Zach Wilson will be demoted to third string as Trevor Simeon has been signed from the practice squad and will be the number two QB. And, you know, my first take on this is uh, I get benching Zach Wilson, maybe not the best option, but can you look me dead in the eyes and tell me Tim Boyle is 10 times better of an option? no, the answer is no, and I'm just going to say it's in my opinion. If there's one of those three quarterbacks I'm picking, I'm picking the one that actually has m- plenty of experience playing in the regular season, and that's Trevor Simeon. That's yeah. my opinion on it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't get this pickup personally. It, it It's moves like this that continue to make me scratch my head. Right. We've got guys like uh, Tyrod Taylor. He may be uh, – well, he's out. Uh, he's yeah, I think he's injured. Giants. Uh, but Cam Newton, 
yeah. has been run out of the NFL. Um, but he's not the cam that he was. But even at the end of his career, when he came back to Carolina, he was fun to watch. He's a guy that has an MVP award, yep. understands the game of football, and even though he's not the same kind of freak athlete that he is, he's a guy that can come out and lead a team and motivate a team. Right. I don't know how. Uh, he he wants to play football, too. Right. Colin Kaepernick wants to play football. These guys may not be the greatest, but we're talking about guys that were competitive starters in the NFL, and they've been completely written out uh, for whatever reason. Um, I, I mean, look, Colin Kaepernick, he's not better than Aaron Rodgers. He's probably not better than most NFL starters, but he's better than Simeon. He's better than Zach Wilson. He's better than uh, Tim Boyle. Uh, I mean, if you're just doing whatever at quarterback, why not sign the guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got nothing to lose by playing yep. Colin Kaepernick over Tim Boyle. Nothing to lose. No one would look at that and say, oh, that's a bit questionable. No, no one would say that. No one yep. would say that at all. Someone uh, would say, oh, this offense is terrible. They need something new, some sort of spark. Something like a Cam Newton or Colin Kaepernick could do that. They could be fun. And, you know, let's not limit it to them. Any of these free agent quarterbacks, are, Matt Ryan would be a, a, a billion times better option. The only reason he's retired, nobody signed him. Yep. Uh, trying to think of more off the top of my head. Who's who's someone else? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm, I'm now on Because Joe Those Flacco are- got signed by the Browns. He's now expected to be on their active roster. Robert Griffin III. Uh, I, don't yeah, I mean, how- he was begging for the Browns to sign yeah. him. I don't know how great Robert Griffin III would be again, but you're telling me that guys who had success in the NFL as a starting quarterback is not a better option than guys who have either been, in Trevor Simeon's case, a bad starter in the NFL, or in Tim Boyle's case, a bad backup in the NFL. Right. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me uh, why teams are avoiding um, some talented guys who definitely aren't on the same level that they used to be, but they're certainly better than some of the guys floating around on the bench. Even even better, you want to go with a guy who's a backup quarterback who's not going to demand maybe mm-hmm. the same amount of money? Give me Chase Daniel as a good quality backup quarterback. Love it, love it. I, I mean, just get somebody in there who you can trust with the keys to the offense. Try and convince Ryan Fitzpatrick to come back. Uh, I mean, it it just makes no sense to bring in two absolute nobodies uh, who just are bad quarterbacks to play uh, over your bad quarterback. Yeah. um, You know, I'm just going to say you hit the nail uh, right on the head. It's a head scratcher. Uh, And I get, you know, what the Jets are saying, you know, I mean, hey, look, he could be back soon. Aaron Rodgers. Look. If you're banking on Aaron Rodgers coming back to save your season, you're insane. You're insane. Um, I know he's recovering faster than most people with a ruptured Achilles, but me and you have said it a million times on here. If you're trying to throw him out there after that severe injury and say, hey, yeah, sure, you say you're 100%, let's put you in the last two games of the regular, two or three games of the regular season. I'm not doing that. No, I'm There's not. no way. The only reason I would do that is if I am deep in the playoff race right now. The only logical reason. like, Or if I know. We're pretty much having a playoff spot set. Let's see if we can have them 100% for it. You are not going to be able to compete the rest of the year, probably with the rest of the AFC, if you're gonna if you're not going to be able to sign Colin Kaepernick or Cam Newton the rest of the year, and you're starting Tim freaking Boyle. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it, ridiculous. It's, it's, 
it's baffling. It, it's confusing. I mean, clearly this team understands that the thing that's kept them from so many wins this year is poor quarterback play, and yet they won't get somebody that answers that uh, that that criteria, that meets that criteria. Instead, they're going out and they're getting people who are not helping in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, but now let's get to our last main topic here before we look into the playoff picture, as we always do. Um, Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, a team that is going through a lot of things offensively. They have been outgained in every single game this year. Uh, they, they just look terrible on offense. You know, Najee Harris is saying we can't keep winning games like this. Deontay's arguing with fans on Twitter saying I run the routes given, uh, this is not miscommunication. Things just look bad. And something's got to change. But like I said a million times on here, the Steelers don't fire coaches. They have their contracts conveniently expire or retire or just, you know, that that's how it happens. But then then this morning, there, there was a glorious notification on my phone from one of my other friends at UCA who said, F Canada. And I was just like, you know, I don't know why you're sending me this, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you, F Canada. Um, uh, like Matt Canada, not not trying to offend Canada, yeah. the country here. I love Canada, the country. Toronto Raptors, everyone there. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays. CFL. CFL. Grey Cup was yeah. thrilling. Yes, Grey Cup was a thriller. Thank you. Um, but anyway, so, I, and then I was, I was like, why is he sending me this? So I'm like, okay, I'll check, I'll check Twitter. What's going on? First thing that pops up. Oh, what a glorious message. Matt Canada has been fired as the offense coordinator for the Steelers. I proceeded to leap out of my bed, open that front door in our house, and run down the street like I was in the film Rocky with my hands up in the air and you love to see probably it. had several neighbors wondering, is this guy on drugs? And the answer to that was well, technically, but they're prescribed drugs. So, um, uh, but anyway, a glorious deal that has happened here for the Steelers firing a coach. And here's the stat, Austin. I don't know if you're ready. I was just, I think I was just about to share the same yeah, stat. It is, it is insane of a stat. This is the first time the Steelers have made an in-season coaching change since 1941. And do you know who they who they fired in 1941? The freaking half owner of the, the team. The owner fired himself. Burt he fired himself. <laughs> it's the, the last time they fired a coach in the movie. It is season. the most Steelers stat I think I have ever seen. Um, but this proves my point. They don't fire coaches. Yeah. They never do. And this shows it. And this just shows how bad Matt Canada was um, as a play caller. But Austin, I mean, besides me being over the moon and maybe getting uh, people wondering about me in this neighborhood I'm in, uh, what is your thought on this move for the Steelers overall? Well, I've got another fun stat for you. Uh, I think it's the right thing to do uh, at the offensive coordinator position. And here's a little statistic for you. Since October 1st, um, Kenny Pickett uh, yeah, and I've Anthony Richardson have completed the same number of passes. That is two. Uh, and reminder, uh, Anthony Richardson has not played a game since October 8th. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, um, it's it's brutal. Um, but yeah, you think this is the right move for the offense? I, I do. I, I think clearly something's not working. There was a funny clip I saw today of 
the Steelers celebrating a win, going to the locker room. Yep. Matt Canada hugs. I think Mike Tomlin and Chris Boswell says it wasn't because of yeah. you, dude. I can promise you that. That clip has been out for months, and I'm loving that it's going viral now. But I tried telling people in the past, like it was from last year when Matt Canada was there, and I was like, Pete, the Steelers literally hate this man. Why is he still here? And you know, I think there was going to be a mutiny in the locker room if he won fired with the comments. Net Najee Harris said with comments Deontay Johnson said. Um, and you know, the Steelers make an interesting move. Um, they have hired running backs, the running backs coach, a man by the name of Eddie Faulkner to be the interim offensive coordinator. And I look at this number one, our running game has been one of the big things. Jalen Warren's been a great piece. I uh, had over a hundred yards in the win against the Browns. Um, so I like it, but also I heard he will not be the ultimate decider of the play calls. I learned that here. Steelers, as always, can't do things simple. Um, they're going to have the uh, quarterback coach, Mike Sullivan, be the ultimate decider of the play call. So really, they're going to share it between the running back and quarterback coach. And honestly, I look at it this way. Um, they're the two that look out for the main positions on the offense. I understand promoting them to those play caller positions. Um but I looked at A. Faulkner, his experience as a play caller, one year at Ball State as an offensive coordinator in 2009, 2010. Um, Mike Sullivan has been an offensive coordinator twice in his career, only for one year, both times, uh, with the Giants and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay from 2012, 2013, 2016, 2017 with the Giants. So I look at it this way. Um... It can't get any worse than what it was. We were getting outgained in every game. We're one of the worst offenses. I literally saw Dan Orvalowski have a breakdown of a play in the game where he is like, what is the point of this play? I don't get what is the expected outcome of this play. It like legitimately, I don't understand it. Um, so it can't get much worse than that. So man, oh man, uh, I told Austin this. I sent him a message this morning. I said, Austin, we might not be able to record today because I might get arrested for celebrating this too hard. Yeah. Um, but one thing I think we need to discuss real quick here before we get into the playoff picture is what this means for Kenny Pickett in his second year. Um, me, as a Steelers fan, getting a little impatient, wondering if he's going to develop. Um, it's safe to say the rest of this year is kind of a make or break for him to see was it all Matt Canada causing him the issues or is Kenny Pickett maybe not the future to the Steelers at quarterback. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all for Kenny Pickett. Right, right. Um, but this is a, a very talented quarterback class. Um, it's very possible the Steelers could maybe, if they don't like what they see, at least entertain the idea of bringing somebody in to compete. KJ with, Jefferson, fourth, uh, fifth Kenny round, Pickett. just saying. Yeah, uh, it's a very talented quarterback class. There are going to be some guys that are going to inevitably slip. Um, they get their hands on one of those guys and maybe at least have a quarterback challenge uh, to push Kenny Pickett at the very least. But, yeah, this is certainly going to be a big opportunity to see uh, is there more to Kenny Pickett at the NFL level or, you know, is, is he not the answer? Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be the end-all, be-all. And, I mean, something I mentioned, you know, you mentioned the NFL draft. I'll just say this as an off-topic thing, Austin. This year's NFL draft, you remember two years ago, was like maybe the greatest collection of defensive players in a draft maybe ever in recent memory. 
This year, it feels like the greatest collection of offensive players in recent memory for the NFL. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a very talented class for sure. Yeah, and a lot of I can talk about a lot of QBs. Uh, Marvin Harrison. I mean, there's talk about wide receiver going number one overall. That tells you how loaded this class really is. But now let's get to our new annual tradition: checking out that playoff picture. And it had a little bit of a shakeup in the AFC. We'll start there first. Um, number one, the new number one seed, due to the Chiefs losing on Monday night, the Baltimore Ravens take over the one seed at eight and three. Chiefs seven and three. Jaguars seven and three with their win over Titans and Dolphins with their win over the Raiders seven and three. Austin, this is literally a half game difference between first and fourth in the AFC. Oh my gosh, your thoughts about this little shift in that and that now has the Ravens at number one. Oh, I think it's monumental. Obviously, it, it's a big move um, that shakes things up, makes things a little bit more exciting. But the Ravens are playing such good football right now. They definitely look like the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, and they're going to get a fun test against the Chargers on Sunday Night Football this week. That should be a fun matchup for them. Uh, the wild card teams, the Browns moving up to that five spot after – you know, winning a game. Um, the six seed, the Texans, after being the Cardinals, are now six and four, and the Steelers hanging on by a thread at the seven seed at six and four. And then right behind them, the Bills at six and five. And Austin, this, I mean, this AFC, it kind of got separated in some portions. You got the Colts five and five, the Broncos four in a row, they're five and five, Bengals five and five, so the Raiders five and six. But this is a Raiders team that's playing tougher since that Joshua Daniels. I mean, they almost beat Miami this weekend. Uh, the Chargers can make some noise. Um, I'm just already ruling the Jets out of the playoff picture. I think that's for the best. Yeah. So really, we had another team, basically, in my opinion, eliminated. Really, we could have another one if the Jet, if the Chargers lose to the Ravens this weekend. Um, but yeah, any of those teams outside the playoffs that you're really kind of interested in right now? Obviously, let's say besides the Bills, because obviously we know the Bills will be there. Yeah. But outside of them, between the Colts, you know, the Colts, Broncos, um, the Raiders, maybe even the Chargers, any of those really intrigue you? I think clearly uh, I'm going to talk about the Broncos a little bit here. A team that I picked to make the playoffs, I thought Sean Payton would help spark this team. I didn't think it would happen like this. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but like you said, they won four in a row. Uh they're the hottest team in the NFL right now, but Absolutely. that's the longest winning streak going in the NFL yep. right now. Um, so for them, it, it really is they're just establishing and getting control. And obviously, if this keeps up, this is going to be a team that's knocking on the door in the playoffs. They're going to be in there. Um, you talk about Buffalo and that tough stretch coming up. Um, you know, we all – I would hope to see uh, this team and Buffalo come out on top in a lot of those games to keep them in the playoff picture. But chances are they're going to lose a couple games, and that's going to help this Broncos team kind of slide up. Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested to see what happens with this team because they're winning right now and they're winning, winning well. I mean, look at it. They played uh, Minnesota. It looked like a game they were out of. Their defense stepped up. Russell Wilson made plays at the end of the game. Cortland Sutton has really exploded. Oh, my gosh. He's made some incredible um, catches. So, yeah, this team, it, it really looks good right now. Absolutely. I'll take another team in the AFC West. I kind of hinted at the Raiders. Um, this is a team I think not many people are talking about that could make a playoff push. They're coming off a loss this week, but this was a 20-13 to 13 game with the Miami Dolphins. And maybe this is just me, Austin, but they seem so much more fired up playing for Antonio Pierce. They look like they want him more. And I know they're playing the Chiefs this weekend, and that's just a tough hand, especially after a Chiefs loss. Um, but I don't know. Just something about them. 
I really like their chances to maybe sneak into that seven seed. They're they're an aggressive team, and I know Aiden O'Connell maybe not the answer, but they keep on doing what they're doing, which is getting Josh Jacobs involved in the ground game and getting the ball to one of the best receivers, if not the best in the NFL, in Devontae Adams. I think they have a real life actual shot at maybe getting into that seven seed. Yeah, I, I really completely agree. They're they're a team that seems to be uh, better motivated, um, playing better football. Uh, so certainly they've got an opportunity. They're definitely not out of it just yet. Definitely. NFC, pretty much the same picture overall. Eagles still in first and 9-1. Lions get that comeback win against the Bears. Sorry to bring it up again no, uh, with the win. They now, moved, they now moved to 8-2. and two. Um, I, I can't believe that. I mean, I know like – we both expected the Lions to win this division in the preseason, but the fact that they're sitting at eight and two right now—I mean, I thought they'd be like nine and eight. Yeah, like maybe like nine, eight, ten, and seven, maybe at best. But I mean, they're running away with this division right now in the NFC. The Niners, thanks to large part to the Rams upsetting the Seahawks, now have full control over first place in the NFC West, and then the wonderful NFC South. The Worst division in the NFL. Saints in first place at 5-5 five and five right now. And they are hosting the Atlanta Falcons this weekend. Probably for first place in that NFC South. Wild cards, exact same. Cowboys, 5. Seahawks at 6. And the Vikings at 7. Although, you know, listen. Packers got a win. The Rams got the win. So maybe they enter partly into the conversation. Falcons and Buccaneers obviously are not out of it. Um, but this NFC race is a little bit smaller, I think it's safe to say, than the AFC. It feels like we have those clear ones at the top for the most part. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. It doesn't feel like there's a team that is, you know, it's definitely not, you know, rolling deep where with the AFC, it's almost the entire AFC competing (laughs) for playoff spots. Whereas in the NFC, like you said, you've just got uh, a few teams that aren't in the playoff picture that have a real chance. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Packers, Rams, Falcons, Buccaneers. Really, that's about it. Um, yeah. you could and say- the Falcons Buccaneers only have opportunity yeah. because of their division. Exactly. Um, Packers and Rams are really the only other outside ones, and they're still two games back. So they would need Minnesota, maybe even Seattle, maybe Dallas to have a bit of a collapse here uh, to really have a shot. But for, yeah, Falcons and Buccaneers, it's clear. They need to win that division. They're still in it because of that division. But now we're going to get into our game picks now. And here's a look at the updated picks record. And, man, oh, man, like I said in college football, I'll say for this man, you are on a tear right now, sir. Um, Ten games above 500. 32. in both? Yep. 32 and 22 NFL picks right now. You are unconscious right now. I am unbelievable. I don't know what um, me, not so much. I'm right at 500 on the year, 27 and 27. Wow. Um, yeah, I I don't know what's going on with me in the NFL this year because last year the NFL, I think I finished with over 100 wins in the NFL. Yeah, uh, you cru- you crushed me at the end of the year because of the NFL. We yeah, close um, in college it is it has been it has been brutal for me in the NFL this year. This man is just dominating me. So what's that put me overall like 21 games over 500? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, because. Yep, you're 11 over in college football intensity. Yeah, you're 21 games over 500 right now. Um, you know what? In fact, let's do the math right here. 32 plus 29. I put you at 61 wins. And then 61 and 40 on the season in game picks. Impressive, sir. Impressive. Mine, you know what? We're here. We'll do the math. 52 and I think I'm actually 52 and 49. 
By the skin of my teeth. By the skin of your teeth, over 500. <laughs> yeah. College so, football is carrying. Yes. Uh, shout out cultural. And I'm only three games above 500 in college football. So I wouldn't even say it's carrying. But we're going to do something. Since this is our first actual Thanksgiving episode, we're going to pick all three Thanksgiving games because why not? Because I said so. Okay. Um, first one, as always, 11.30 a.m. kickoff. A little bit earlier than usual for NFL. Lions Thanksgiving game. They're hosting the Packers, and this is a kind of a fun one. Lions 8-2 dominating division, but the Packers 4-6 now when they're winning against the Chargers. They're the first team out of the playoffs right now in the NFC, so they need this to have any shot at the playoffs. It should be a fun one, and probably the most exciting Thanksgiving game for the Lions in a long time, I think. So what you thinking here? Uh, yeah, uh, I think the Lions are going to come out. They're going to play. Uh, is this game in Detroit? Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know how they lose this game. Then uh, we're talking about they won the first game earlier this season. If I'm correct, they've already played. Yeah, they will now. Um, and uh, now they're playing again. Boy, oh boy, I, Jordan Love has just kind of not been that great this year. Um. But I don't know what it is. He gives me like Aaron Rodgers first year starter vibes. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly gonna There's flashes. Give, yeah, they're gonna give him a chance. He has some great moments, but turnovers a, a, a little bit higher. But saw Jared Goff turn the ball over quite a few times against the Bears last week and it didn't matter. Um, but I'm gonna go the Lions in this one. They look so good, so hot. Um, you know, ordinarily four turnovers in a game, you hang your head going into next week and maybe that hurts your, uh, hurts your vibe. But when you have four turnovers and then you score over uh, 12 points in three minutes and steal a game from a divisional opponent, that gets you fired up. You stay at home Thanksgiving day, you face another bitter rival who you're starting to kind of develop a little bit of a dominance over. Um, yeah, you're going to, I think they're going to ride high and take this win out there in Detroit. Yeah, um, I want to go agreement because actually I think Green Bay has a legit chance to win this game um, outright in general. I think they have a great chance, uh, but I'm going to go with the Lions here. I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to go with the Lions here. Um, next one, probably um, the least interesting out of the three on Thanksgiving. Uh, Cowboys hosting the Commanders. Uh, do we just want to say this one real quick? Cowboys. Yep, Cowboys. Um, it's safe to say um, losing to Tommy DeVito gives you zero chance to beat the Cowboys in my book, considering Tommy DeVito got absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So moving on to the third Thanksgiving game. This one, easily the best one of the bunch. Seven and three Niners taking on the six and four Seahawks. Winner, first place in the um, NFC West outright due to head-to-head matchups. That would matter. Um, obviously, these two will meet again um, in about two weeks, actually. They will play... It will be uh, the Cow. The Seahawks will play the Cowboys, and the Niners would have a, another game as well. And then they would play the next week. So they already play twice in three weeks here. And the Niners game would be against the Eagles. So um, that'll be an interesting one. But this is for first place: 49ers and Seahawks. What are you thinking here as this game's going on in Seattle on Thanksgiving night? Oof, man. I want to give uh, this game to both teams for so many reasons. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give this game to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Everything's telling me, go Niners. They're riding high. They got to win. They're looking really good, feeling themselves. And the Seahawks coming off a tough loss where it felt like they just couldn't get anything going. But you said they're going back home. 
in front of the 12th man on Thanksgiving in prime time. Uh, I think they get the job done. I think Seattle gets inspired. First place is on the line. I think they get the job done and uh, kind of send a little message to the NFC West. I don't know if they'll hold on to it, but I think that plan for first place gets them a little bit more motivated yeah, and fired and, up. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to agree with you and go with Seattle. If this was in San Francisco, I'd probably go with the Niners, but this is in Seattle. Those fans will be fired up. That is easily the loudest crowds, one of the loudest crowds in all of the Both NFL. for a reason. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go Seattle too. I just think they'll be fired up to play at home on Thanksgiving, knowing first place in the divisions on the line. Um, it's hard not to pick them for that one. And, you know, one fun one we'll just mention. We won't pick it, but it's a fun one to mention. Black Friday game, first NFL game on Friday, I think since 2020. Yeah. Um, um, the Dolphins hosting the Jets. So, yeah, you get to see Tim Boyle on and Amazon. Prime time. Yeah. I guess, well, technically prime time, 2 o'clock on a Black Friday. It's the only game. <laughs> it's the only NFL game. There will be college football on that day, too. Uh, I would recommend college football over this game. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. We all know we picked Dolphins, so we're not going to make that a pick here. Let's get to the Sunday slate, and there is actually a couple of NFL games I want to discuss in this Sunday slate. Um, and the first one here, uh, we just got to talk about it. Saints and Falcons, first place in the NFC South on the line in this game, meaning head-to-head. The spread is so close, it's literally a pick em right now in Atlanta. Who's taking control first place? Boy, oh boy, this is going to be a tough matchup. Uh, Michael Thomas just hit the IR, which True. is unfortunate for the Saints. Um, but I'm going to give this edge to the Saints. I, I think the Falcons uh, team right now, they rely super heavy on that run game, and New Orleans just has one of the best defenses in football. Uh, you know, we keep talking about it, how they just keep manipulating the cap and keeping these good players hanging around. Um, eventually, you know, it has to catch up to them at some point, but it hasn't yet. Uh, I think they're going to be able to stop uh, Atlanta's uh, moves and get the job done uh, even without uh, one of their best pieces. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I look at this, and obviously the Falcons making the move, going back to Desmond Ritter. Um, don't know if I think that's the right call there. Um, that's another opinion. But you look at two weeks ago, they lost to a Cardinals team, one and eight Cardinals team. Kyler Murray was back, but still one and eight Cardinals team. Uh, I mean, this seems like such an easy pick. So, uh, yeah, it's an easy pick. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I don't know what it is. I actually think that they can actually win this game outright. I think their ground game can work. And I don't know what it was. They seem to use Desmond Ritter more running the ball. They use Desmond Ritter more as a runner than a passer. I actually like their chances a lot more against the Saints. And I think the Falcons' defense has been one of the more underrated in the NFL this year. And I think they can keep them in this game and give them a real good chance. Next one up, we have... The Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles, 325 on CBS. Should be an interesting one. The Bills coming off a huge bounce back win. Eagles coming off a huge win, getting their revenge for the Super Bowl last year. Um, large part thanks to the Chiefs receivers catching the football, uh, not catching the football. So, Bills and Eagles, maybe not as hyped up as we thought it would be at the start of the season, but nonetheless should be a big matchup in Philly. Yeah, uh, I look at this and I say, you know, this is going to be two exciting offenses. Um, But I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. I saw uh, a revived Bills team that looked a lot better. And Kansas City uh, and Philadelphia, the thing we've kind of seen from both of these teams is 
they're not playing pretty football like we expected from these two teams. They're sh- kind of struggling. Uh, we right. saw that in a seventeen, uh, 21-17 finish. Um, not expected at all. Uh, Hurts threw an interception and threw no passing touchdowns. I think the Bills, uh, with this new revived offense under Joe Brady, um, look to go crazy and take advantage of a big win and get started in this gauntlet uh, with a with a W. Yeah, um, just off completely off topic, Austin. I want to show you this final score: Pacers beat the uh, Atlanta Hawks one fifty seven to one fifty two. In regulation, no that overtime. That is not a regulation score. That is a hundred percent a regulation score. Larry just got the notification. My my goodness, thirty seven and sixteen for Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I just had to throw that in because that that is insane. Um, imagine if you bet the under on that game. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, but man, yeah, uh, one fifty seven, one fifty two there. But yeah, this is a game. You know, I. I don't know if I keep on agreeing with you on my like picks where I'm thinking I'm going to be gutsy, but um, I'm with you on the bills. Uh, I just don't, I think the Eagles are destined to lose some games here now and then with this way, the way they're playing me too. Um, And that's why I picked the chiefs last week. Cause I thought they were just destined to lose some one of those games. And this is one of them. Bills are kind of in a bounce back spot. And I think Joe Brady worked out really well. I know it's, and you know, the Jets, I say, was an easy win for the Bills. Jets have one of the better defenses in the entire NFL. Yeah, uh, I mean, they didn't the, – the Bills' defense wasn't tested very much, obviously, but the offense certainly was. Yeah. And a struggling offense and that the Bills had. a team had. that beat the Bills week one. So. Yeah, um, and it, was, it couldn't have been a better start for them. You think about in week one, it was that walk-off uh, punt return. Right. Uh, same return man on the opening kickoff. They, I mean, they knew they they remembered because they hit him hard and they made him cough the ball up yep. to for an early immediate turnover, and that's when it really looked like uh, the Bills had uh, yeah. stepped it up in this one. This team looks new and revived and ready to win some football games. Yeah, and especially, I mean, I know you. I mean, you you picked up. This is your Super Bowl matchup, if yeah. I'm correct. This was your preseason Super Bowl matchup, so maybe we see them again. Maybe, um, yeah, I'm with you on the Bills, and then our last pick. Wow, we're picking a primetime game. Um, Ravens versus Chargers on Sunday Night Football. I know the Chargers are 4-6, and six, so maybe not as interesting, but these are two elite quarterbacks going head-to-head. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. I think that's enough said for Sunday Night Football. Should be a fun one under the lights. What you taking here? Um, I'm going to go the Ravens in this one. Uh, you look at the Chargers, and they've got that they had that crucial injury to Joey Bosa. I thought it was a lot worse than a yeah, a only foot sprained sprain. foot. Yeah. Um. Obviously, his reaction. I think it'll still keep him sidelined a little bit, but he certainly seemed to think it was worse off than it was. Um. So uh, good there that it wasn't. I thought ACL. I know. Uh, Whenever I saw him cry, I was like, "Oh no, this is awful. This is awful. He might not play." Started next year. Yeah, so uh, glad to see him be healthy. But this defense is missing some pieces, and I think that's going to help uh, uh, a Ravens offense that's going to be trying to figure itself out a little bit at the beginning of the game just because you talk about missing, you know, they've already missing J.K. Dobbins since the beginning of the year. Um, now you're missing Mark Andrews. As they try to feel it out and see how this new flow is going to be, how Lamar Jackson is going to operate without Mark Andrews, um, it's going to help having a little bit less pressure uh, from this defense. Obviously, you talk about they traded J.C. Jackson back to the Patriots earlier this year, so they don't have that same level of uh, uh, threats in the uh, secondary for this team. Going to be a little smoother, I think, for Lamar Jackson against this defense, and I think the Ravens' defense, very high-powered, 
Um, a lot of talent on the defense. They're not missing anything. Uh, I, I think this has Ravens win written all over it. Yep. Um, if Joey Bosa was not injured, I would pick the Chargers here. I, but, I would definitely lean that way. Yeah, but I look at it this way. Uh, I talked about it a few weeks ago. The way the they're getting Lamar the ball on Lamar's hands ten times like faster than they did last year. He held onto the football. I think it was like thirtieth, uh, the longest of any like second longest of any QB in the NFL. Now he's like top ten and getting the ball out quicker. Uh, Ton Munkin give him a ton of credit coming over from Georgia. They've switched that offense up, made him more comfortable. Um, and really hadn't been affected by any injuries yet. You know, knock on wood. I can't believe I just said that. I don't know what's wrong with me trying to get Lamar Jackson injured here. Uh, I apologize if Lamar is injured in the game on Sunday. That is completely on me. I will take full responsibility for it. Um, but they've done a great job getting the ball out quicker. And I think with no Joey Bosa, that helps them out. Um, as painful as it is to say, I'm going to have to go with the Ravens here on this one. But now it is time for our bet of the week and give a round of applause for the first time this year. We are over 500. At least one of us is betting this man six and five on the year betting NFL. I am five and six. Austin, we are 11 and 11 on the NFL. That's what I like to hear. So we are 500, hopefully two games above 500 after this bet of the week, Thanksgiving week for the NFL. What do you got? I've got black Friday game. Dolphins minus 10 against the Jets. I love it. It's a game you're not going to watch. It's an, I, I'm loving this trend lately where you're picking the games. It's not worth watching, but it'll be easy money. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving this trend because I, I'm following them all. Uh, the Cowboys won, saved my 12 o'clock slate for the NFL Absolutely. this past week. That's so. what I'm saying. Um, mine is an interesting one because last week, I, you know, I said the stat primetime on the last 11 primetime games, they've gone under. You know, they've all had unders on them but i am a freaking psychopath and i'm gonna bet a prime time over here um give me ravens chargers over 47 Oof. This is a high scoring affair yeah um i just think the chargers offense i still think we'll get going in spite playing a decent ravens i think that ravens secondary not being 100 percent, i think um is gonna hurt them and obviously the Ravens should be able to run all over that Chargers team with no Joey Bosa. Um, yeah, I, it was originally around 45. Um, now it's gone up to 47, so I'm not as confident on this. And like I said, 11 of the last 12 primetime – well, actually 12 of the last 13, because including the one from Chiefs-Eagles last night, has gone under. So, you know, I'm, I'm a madman. I'm a psychopath. I could go Steelers under. I mean, I bet that every single week no matter what. Um, but give me the over in prime time. A lot of points. Finally in a prime time game a man could dream for. That's what I like to hear. But that's going to do for this NFL episode of the Bull Take Podcast. Before we go, one last thing. It's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to all those listening. Austin, before we go, one thing you are thankful for. Uh, one thing I'm thankful for. Um... I'm thankful for a lot of stuff. It's uh, kind of tough to put it down here. Um, but I'm thankful for all the viewers out there and all the listeners that we have out there. Uh, we appreciate you guys um, making us part of your routine. Yeah. Um, if you do listen to bother listening to us, we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Thankful for you listeners. And I am thankful, obviously, family, uh, everything. I mean, shoot, I'm sitting in a room with a giant Christmas tree. Yeah. With a bunch of huge ornaments. I mean, I'm I'm thankful where I am for that. Uh, and I am thankful 
that the Steelers finally grown up and fired Matt Canada. Uh, but that's going to be it for this episode. Go listen to college football if you hadn't. Rivalry week is here. Give it a listen. But for now, that is Austin Hill. I'm Austin Wader. We want to thank you for listening and have a happy Thanksgiving.